travel, it's one of life's greatest pleasures. When we journey abroad, we discover new places and meet fascinating people, but we also gain perspective and take on a wider view of the world around us. That was Trevor Ranges, and I'm Scott Coates. After more than 25 years living and working in Asia, we've developed an amazing network of interesting characters throughout the region. Talk Travel Asia is our way of sharing them with you. Plug in and get connected to hot tips, interesting perspectives, and expert travel advice as we cultivate travel insight through intelligent conversation. Welcome to Talk Travel Asia, episode 86. This time we're talking Asia's best meals. Food is essential to life, but can also enhance it so much. Couple great food with a trip and you have a winning combination. While cooking shows, gourmet meals, and celebrity chefs have become all the rages of late, on this episode we'll recall some of our absolute favorite meals throughout Asia, most of which are inexpensive, and we continue to dream about them to this day. If you're not hungry now, you soon will be. This is Scott Coates from Bangkok, and my co-host is... Trevor Ranges. Hey, Scott. Uh, I loved how enthusiastic you were to talk about this episode, and while you were doing that intro, I actually was having flashbacks about the fact that, you know, we have had a lot of great meals together. Like, I think it seems because sometimes we live in different places, when we do meet, we'll meet for like several days at a time. We always, I think, make a point of trying to go and eat somewhere good. Either if I'm visiting you, let's say when you were in Malaysia, you'd want to take me to like your best local kind food of whatever it was. Yeah. Or when we're back in Bangkok, we both want to mm. try and eat at some place that we both love. So I think we have traveled and eaten together in lots of different places. So I'm almost surprised that we haven't done more food episodes on the show. Yeah, I agree. And you know what's neat about Asia is that a great meal, more often than not, is the $2 one, not the $200 one. And although there's all those great high-end restaurants in this part of the world, is I'd say even a lot of wealthy people, if you ask them what their favorite food is, it'll generally be the, the really simple one. And my wife and I, a few weeks ago, we were having some duck noodles at this 110-year-old place in Bangkok, and we just started thinking about our favorite meals on our travels. And then this is kind of where it came from. But yeah, we're just going to riff on sometimes some general foods in a country. And then I've kind of really honed in on a lot of like specific restaurants in different places. And we have a Google map to go along with this. So if you go to talktravelasia.com, you can find the link to a Google map that shows you where all these places are in Asia. Also, just before we get any further, you know, we do this all for free and we spend our own money to host this, to have it edited and a little support would be great. We have a Patreon page. If you look again at our website, you'll see on the left side, there's a button and you can, for as little as a dollar a month, uh, onwards, upwards, uh, help us out sponsor the show throw a little financial love so that's 50 cents an episode yeah it's kind of a dollar a dollar is kind of the end point but uh yeah it would really help us out we really appreciate <laughs> yeah, it but we do two episodes a month i think so you're getting uh, you're getting pretty yeah, good value that's that's good value i think so uh, i think we're worth it and and you know that's like uh almost a bowl of noodles you can get a bowl of sukatai noodles for 20 baht at the sukatai airport and that's one of my favorite foods so you know i know a dollar is not a lot of money but uh you can get some pretty good food over here in asia for well you've kicked buck. it off here hang on you can and uh you know one of the things i love about eating I i'm sorry to trample over you you, you said you can get 20 <laughs> baht bowl get, of noodles you know, um, i've at the Sukhothai airport, like, well, this is, you know, maybe 10 years ago, right? But they sold noodles at the airport. And, you know, it's interesting in, in Thailand, sometimes you go to a little noodle shop and they only charge like 10 or 15 baht for like a little tiny bowl and you got to eat like five of them. Yeah. 
Okay, so Sukhothai is kind of midway, uh, not quite midway, but between Bangkok and Chiang Mai. And yeah, so how many bowls of these kind of 65-cent noodles would you have to have to be full? Well, I think you only needed like two there, yeah. But uh, maybe three if you're really hungry. I mean, it tastes so oh, good, really? yeah. But that's, uh, you know, in a lot of Asia, like noodles are pretty easy to get, like on a street corner or whatever, you know. So you, you mentioned us riffing on this a bit. So I mm-hmm. just riffed a little early, I guess. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, the Google map will actually be helpful for our listeners for this, I think, because I'm not going to remember the name of the noodle shop, but I know where it is, you know, so I can put it on a map. So, yeah, I don't have like a, a particular list, but uh, let's start just going through your list of some of your favorite meals in different countries around the region. And I'll see if I have eaten there before and agree with you or can think of something in that neighborhood that uh, I might have enjoyed before, too. Well, I like your first one with the Sukhothai noodles, a very broth-specific kind of soup. My first one is, I'd say, in my top five meals in Asia ever. And it's uh, an old Chinese restaurant in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, called Sek Yun. And it's just in the Pudu area, which is just on the southern edge of the city. And it's old, man. They have an air con part of it, but the one you want is kind of the open air. It's in a big wooden building, and there's no menu. And there's a number of good dishes, but the smoked duck there, the smoked duck at Sek Yun is unbelievable. Hmm. And the people working there are old. They have old pictures all around the inside of the restaurant. And one time I asked one of the guys working there who's old. And I said, hey, when did you guys open? And he kind of thought, he goes, the Japanese were here, (laughs) which means it was like in the World War II period. But yeah, I've sent other people. I just sent my Thai colleague there and she's like, yeah, there was no menu. And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I forgot to mention that. They also serve this jellyfish salad, which I'm not generally a jellyfish guy and you wrap it in lettuce leaves, but like Sekian, smoked duck, Kuala Lumpur, incredible. Tops. If they can make jellyfish good, then the place must it be is, good. Man. Yeah, you know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna riff on the duck here, and uh, we both did the APLP program with the East West Center in Hawaii. So the other Canadian Scott in mm-hmm. my life, he took us to his favorite duck restaurant in Beijing. So I, I I don't I would have to ask him to help us for the pin on the map, but that duck was amazing. I've had it. Yeah. So let's try and get that on the map. The other duck I really like is in Bali. The Balinese make. Great mm, they do. Um, so up up in Ubud, there's a number of restaurants that make it. and But the, my favorite place doesn't make it anymore because they're not in business any longer. So I'll try to think of a place that I know they made a good duck and put that on our Google map. But the Balinese do duck good. Yeah. So you did remind me of one that wasn't on my list was the, the, the Peking ducks done three different ways at your table was incredible in Beijing. And I was surprised when I went to Bali that duck was one of their things. So that is definitely one to check out there. Good one, Trevor. Um, My next one is I've been to Sri Lanka once and we were in the southern town of Marissa and I had deviled prawns like three nights, almost like a curry, not quite a curry, quite spicy, had it this Mm. little place called, I'm going to probably mispronounce it, Gunes Cuisine, G-U-N-E-S. It's just mm-hmm. off the main road. I've got it marked on the map. Nice, kind of heavier set. Sri Lankan woman, take her 30 minutes to make it. But we literally went back, I think, three of our five nights and I had it. And it's a common dish in Sri Lanka, deviled prawns. And they're good most yeah. places. But the deviled prawns is at this like woman's place. Is it like a deviled place? egg at all? Is it just similar no. in name? Or is no, it no. I think they call it deviled because the sauce is kind of... 
red and kind of spicy. No, and nothing with the deviled okay. eggs. No, but yeah. For, for me, with the prawns, we talked about it earlier before mm. the show. It was the the prawns in Thailand and just across Southeast Asia, they have these giant river prawns. So if people have had like uh, tom yum gung, you know, like that has these these big gung prawns in it yeah but mm. uh, you can get really good barbecued ones but i think uh, the best thing about eating prawns in thailand is that spicy green uh, dipping sauce with the oh the yeah. garlic and the chilies and the, kind of tangy like a, kind of spicy garlicky that's why prawns are great in thailand mm. otherwise when you mentioned the the deviled prawns i, I thought of uh, in vietnam which i love because they have a a beer culture yeah Mm -hmm. but they also happen to have a a bacon wrapped prawn bacon wrapped shrimps you know that that it seemed to be somewhat readily available it's like a bar snack with with your beer so like uh the bacon wrapped prawns in vietnam are the bomb Ooh, i've never had those and i'm going to vietnam in two days so i'm gonna keep your eye out man it seems like they're they're around sounds great my third one is not even a proper restaurant. And my wife and I went to Nepal in December 2016. And a friend of mine owns a place called Shivapuri Retreat, which is just on the north end of Kathmandu. And then you head into the, uh, I'm going to butcher this, Buddha Kanikanta. And there's a national park. And the Shivapuri National Park is about 500 meters up, looks down on Kathmandu. And my friend's kind of one of his, his helpers, a guy named Rajesh, really nice guy he made what's a dalbat and dalbat is actually like rice generally with like a vegetable or a curry or a dal which is lentils and you'd have two or three things with some rice and it was shortly after the earthquake there was a blockade with india so they didn't really have gas and he sat on a tiny stool with little pieces of wood and kindling and kept enough of a little fire to like cook some rice on a pressure cooker then move like the vegetable curry then move the dal and it took him a couple hours. And I'll tell you what, it's the best dalbat meal I've ever had in Nepal. And I've had quite a few. And my wife, it was like our first or second day. And she said, you know what? I think this might be the best meal we'll have over here. And it was by far. And Shivapuri National or Shivapuri Retreat is still open. And I think Rajesh still cooks there. And it was tremendous. <laughs> wow. I have nothing to riff on that. Okay. I'm going to move on to then. <laughs> that sounds untouchable. But, you know, mm. like I, I, I'm cheating, so I'm reading your notes. So your next one is something about Pakistani food. Oh. So I think this goes along with kind of both because oh. in Bangkok's Nana area, there's kind of a Middle Eastern community that, that's based around that lower Sukhumvit uh, neighborhood. Three slash and there's one, a right? Couple of, Street, yeah, three there's a couple. One. There's a little soys going in different directions there. And, and they all have different types of Middle Eastern foods, whether it's Pakistani or Iraqi or Egyptian. And, um, they have authentic cuisine from all these different countries in the region mm. um, run by people from those nationalities. And, and like you never get to eat some of these types of foods, but uh, you can get the real deal or I guess it's pretty good close to it in, in Bangkok. So I always enjoyed that. I don't know where my favorite Nepali place is in Bangkok. That's probably in the 30 somethings, like 33 or something. There's a Nepali restaurant back there. But. Himalayan cha-cha or something. Yeah, but uh, yeah. I, no, I'll that t- one's Indian, but. I'll tell you what, go ahead, yeah. I've eaten at this place twice. It's in Malacca, Malaysia, and I'd found it in the Lonely Planet. It's down a dark street. The two times I've eaten there, it's definitely in my top five meals in Asia, period. It's called Pakputra. They have kind of a, we'll use the term restaurant loosely. They've got the tandoori going, a whole bunch of tables outside, and a sign like saying no alcohol, no dogs, but it 
was incredible. The naan bread, incredible. The curries, incredible. <laughs> and I had really thought, I went with my parents and my wife the first time, and I thought, could it have really been that good? And then about a year later, I went back with my wife and her mom, and it was absolutely as good as I remembered. Like, if you're ever in Malacca, go to Pak Putra. Incredible. <laughs> yeah. That's great. All right, so I'm going to choose uh, one off your list because we were just talking about it. Yeah, and, uh, it's David, a good one. David Bloomfield is visiting here in Phnom Penh, mm -hmm. and I wanted to take him to the this Khmer barbecue place. And Cambodian barbecue is uh, mm -hmm. unique, and and it's uh, there's a place called Sovana or Sowana. Yeah, and uh, there's Sowana too, also, or just down the street. And and I've been to two more than one, I guess. I've been to but two more than one. Yeah, they have interesting foods. And the last time I went was with a bunch of guys from the office, and we ate uh, like bee larvae, like in the honeycomb. They it's got like it for me too. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, and it's it's really it's got a nice flavor. It's interesting, right? You know, and they have some great food, all sorts of. I mean, the menu is huge. That's one of the places where I think where you know, in, in Thai food, one of the amazing things is the the selection. And Vietnamese, I've found like there's such a diversity of food, but in Cambodia, it's rare to find a place where they have a big menu of lots of different things. And Sawana is one where they have a lot of different offerings. Yeah, Sawana is great. I was lucky enough to go there in the early days with one of my friends, and as the name implies, you can mostly get pork or beef. Um, and it's just, it's kind of like there's indoor and outdoor, but it's just kind of like almost like an eating hall. And what I love is that it's full of Khmer's locals. And there's yeah. a lot of foreigners there too, but you just order like, oh, I'll have some more of that pork or I'll have some of the ribs or I'll have some beef. And, oh, you know what? I'll have some morning glory. And you keep drinking beer. And also, like you mentioned, I didn't know about these exotic items, but the bee larvae, I'm not an adventurous eater. It came wrapped in banana leaf steamed. But it was rich. Like, it kind of reminded me of like a, a Southeast Asian, like Fogwa or something. Like, it was exotic. Mm. It was rich. It was tasty. It was good. Yeah, but they have like more mundane things. Like, the, they have the beef with red ants. I think, and they look like they're, they're like little termites or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's kind of a specialty. And it's kind of weird because it's a mixture of like high so and low so food because beef is kind of a, an expensive thing. It only like, better to do people could be able to afford to eat and then like these types of ants were just a cheap source of protein so it kind of is a fusion of different cambodian cuisines if you will i guess so that's kind of cool so uh next one on your list was pho yeah and i always say it wrong i'm sorry but football so like beef noodle soup the classic vietnamese noodle soup but at a particular place which is one of the classics in ho chi minh city vietnam called pho hoa pasteur and it's on pasteur street and man it is the real deal it is the bomb the spring rolls are awesome the iced coffee's awesome the saigon beer is cold like anytime i'm there doesn't matter if it's breakfast or dinner like i always get in i'm gonna be there next week i'm going in for a bowl that is one of my top five foods period and they do a pretty darn good one you know, I'm not sure that I've eaten there. I, I could pick my favorite place out on a map for sure because I spent quite a bit of time there when I was doing my MBA. And, uh, you know, actually, okay, so I'm going to riff on, yeah, there's great pho in a lot of places. And, and different people have different opinions of what this, the best broth tastes like, mm -hmm. I believe. So, like, everybody's going to find their own different best place. But there was a place that I used to eat on the street corner that served, this is in Ho Chi Minh City, 
you sat on the street, like a street food kind of place, but they served you a, a hot plate, like a frying pan mm-hmm. with steak and eggs. It was steak and eggs oh. and like French fries oh. and like the egg fried on the pan and, and, and then like a big beer Saigon, like a 500 ml. Mm. All of that was like three ninety nine or something like that. Incredible. It was ridiculously cheap. Yeah. Incredible. And, uh. I don't know. Vietnamese food always surprises me. So I have no idea where that steak and eggs place was. It was funny because Vietnam, Ho Chi Minh City was just really becoming this modern city then. But there was still like a chicken running around on the street. Uh, yeah, good <laughs> Pro- Probably providing those eggs. Mm. Um, you know what? Your girlfriend's been to Pho Hoa Pasture because my wife and I were there and your girlfriend, Banksy, with her parents were there and we took them there for a meal. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go to now another top five meal not necessarily this restaurant but i love dim sum man like i am i'm a dim sum junkie and i usually don't go for the name places but probably about eight years ago my wife and i were in uh, hong kong and we'd seen in a book like this one michelin starred simple dim sum place which now has franchises everywhere and it's called tim ho one so i've never actually been to one of the franchises but this was the original one tim ho one in mong kok area and it's kind of ridiculous because even back then you had to like give your name and sort of kind of be close and they'd say, okay, come back in an hour and a half. And so we'd wander around and come back. It took close to two hours to get in, but I will say it was inexpensive and it was super tasty dim sum. Now I've heard the franchise restaurants that are all over Asia now aren't nearly as good, but the original Tim Ho Wan in Mong Kok, man, that was some good dim sum. Hmm. Yeah, here I can only speak of I've only been to one of the franchises in Bangkok and uh, and I thought it was overpriced and, mm. and it wasn't particularly special. Mm. <laughs> so there you go. It might be the same price in Hong Kong as it is in Bangkok and it just seemed expensive in Bangkok, but it was kind of pricey. And uh, I'm not much of a dim sum expert, so I think I could be satisfied fairly I lo- easily. I, I love it. Top five meals. Yeah, well, you know, Erica's Chinese, so she probably loves dim sum. She, she wants to go and eat it with you, yeah? Sure. So you have a lot of exposure to it. Um, I know that, like, I I was just with Banksy, at my girlfriend, at the dim sum place here in Phnom Penh that you and I had eaten Sam Du. Together with your wife, yeah, Sam Du. And that was still pretty good, you know? And Banksy had the wonton noodle soup, and uh, that was really nice, too. So uh, they got some good food there at Sam Du. That one's by the old Central Market in Phnom Penh. And yeah. full disclaimer, I've only been drunk. You can go late night. They stay open yeah. really late. So it's I've always enjoyed it, but I don't know if it's really great. I've just always been drunk and I've been hungry and it's been good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Um, my next one, I'm sure you've been to. Uh, it's a, another noodle dish called Gui Chap. And Gui Chap is, comes in many styles. This one is called Gui Chap. I have a favorite Gui Chap. Un Pochana, but they don't really have a sign. But the way you know, it's at night from 6 p.m. in front of the Yawarat Theater. So... Chinatown's main road in Bangkok is called Yawarat, and you want to find the old Yawarat cinema. Right in front, there's this heavy set, doesn't smile Chinese guy, and he just chops crispy pork. So theirs is a super peppery broth, like super peppery. And Guichap noodles are like rice noodles, but they kind of cut them in a square. They hit the heat and they roll up, kind of like a straw, with then slices of crispy pork. And it is, I'll give it top 10 places to eat in thailand on that one wow my, my place definitely isn't going to live up to that hmm. but uh, that's a great dish and you know we've also eaten this meal together is on silom soy convent oh, in front of yeah. the irish pub there yeah yeah 
Uh, what's the name of the pub? On, gone. It, the name Wallace? is gone now because they're building a skyscraper there. <laughs> no. Gone. Well, yeah. The great job place is probably gone then, too. I don't know. Because remember, you used to be able to get a Guinness from the pub. Yeah. And eat the great job like on the street with a Guinness. We have a we photo somewhere on our website of us doing really? that just that thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, man, I can't believe how excited I am getting about this. I'm not even hungry. Um, my wife and I years ago were in Yangon, Myanmar. And we had a biryani. And so biryani is kind of, I mean, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know if it belongs to Bangladesh, to Pakistan, to Indian, but they all do it. It's kind of a, a yellow rice. So they've cooked the rice in a bit of spices. It's yellow. And then you'll usually get like a chicken leg, kind of a steam seasoned chicken leg on it. And it's generally good. But we went to this place called Nilar Biryani. And again, we still talk about it. Like still, still talk about it years later. Huge place. Super simple, incredible. For me, for I, I haven't eaten a lot of Burmese food uh, or food from other peoples of Myanmar. But uh, and the last time I went to Myanmar was like 16 years ago or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. So all I remember of the food in Myanmar was that, uh, and, and we went on a big road trip uh, around the country, so we ate in some kind of off the beaten path places, I guess. Um, but they always serve you like, 20 little dishes they came in like these little like like saucepans almost and you get hmm. like just like enough little dishes to cover the entire plate and then your only real choice was whether you wanted one of them to have like lamb or chicken or you know whatever meat was available but it, it seemed like it was similar food everywhere we went but it was always just lots of these little plates and and we didn't touch on that earlier but you know in asia in part because the food is cheap, you can order more, but also the style of eating is like family style often, right? Mm. So that's one of the great ways to learn about different foods because you don't have to just take a risk and gamble on one thing that you're going to order. You get to like nibble on like all sorts of stuff and then you can discover your favorite foods a lot quicker, you know? Yeah, it definitely pays to go with like minimum three, ideally four or five. Uh, my wife and I comment on that. We're like, oh, it's okay, the two of us, but like, yeah, you definitely need groups. And the next place I'll mention is is actually you want some people, but I'm going to focus on two dishes. Um, place in far northern Thailand in the northernmost province called Chiang Rai has a little town called Doi Mesalong, which is about 75 kilometers northwest of Chiang Rai City in the mountains, settled mostly by Kunming Tang, who are people from China. And there's a Muslim Thai place. And they do what's called gengali. And gengali is a broad curry. It's usually yellow with a lot of egg. And you might get it with prawns. In this one, their beef gengali, because they're Muslim, they serve beef. It's like a beef stew and like a brown gravy. And whenever I've had it, it just reminds me of something my dad would make. It's so unusually mm. unique for Thailand. So it's like this rich beef curry and like... Yeah, and a brown gravy. And then they also, a dish up there that a lot of places do, but they do a great version. They take these uh, mushrooms that grow up there and they kind of batter them maybe in a little like cornstarch, fry them. And then they come with kind of like, not quite like the prawn type dip, but a little similar. Garlic, a little soy, a little tangy. So it's fried mushrooms and the gengli. It's at Salima is the name of the restaurant. <laughs> it's, man, it is dynamite. Like, just so good. So good. <laughs> yeah you know like not being in thailand right now and kind of being homesick for thai food um it, it would be easy to have everything on our list um be thai 
just for things that I miss and things that are amazing to eat. Um, but I was just thinking about uh, how, you know, the whole family style thing worked. Um, but then I was thinking in, in Indonesia, a lot of the time, the restaurants in Indonesia are kind of like a, a lunch counter where they have. Right. Those are great. Of, you know, they have like 20 some foods already prepared. But one of the things I always worry about that, and I think travelers worry about as well, is that lots of time there's lots of flies and foods that's out for a long of, time. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's so hot, it's the same as if it were still in the oven. You know, like it, it doesn't <laughs> matter that it's sitting out. But no, that's always a concern. So that can be kind of a, a, a turn off or a risk. But sometimes you find some place that you love. And a couple of years ago, we were living in Bali and uh, around the corner from my friend's place on Jalan Bikini, there's this this little restaurant and my friend Dennis told me that the restaurant started like decades ago with some guy who sold horse satay so he made satay out of horse meat yeah mm. and he went on to own a, a number of restaurants on this street so there's this one place it's just kind of open air it looks really simple and and after you pick out like five or six different things from their little buffet selection th- it was like a dollar 75 it was just ridiculously cheap if you stuck to like a lot of vegetables you know like did like a vegetarian thing because the Balinese make some wonderful vegetables and they make some really spicy food mm. uh, there's a chicken called ayam palala which they also made there you had to get up early to get the ayam palala because they only made a certain amount of everything and then they like give it all away throughout the day you know Mm. Um, but good spicy food fresh food super super healthy food I have a great photo of this I think people I I think this photo is going to get the most likes because it just looks like delicious right you're the queen of Instagram you know I've I've had experience at a couple I think they call them like a warung it's like a restaurant or something but yeah I I mean we looked online and and found a couple and you know the flies you mentioned that there were lots but we went to ones that you know lots of people there and and those are pretty solid value well I'm going to wrap this up i hate to get thai heavy but you know i really have way more experience in thailand than others and there's two places i've got to mention because you know they i i think might be top five thai restaurants as well for me and i've eaten at them for 18 years and one of them is in chiang rai city itself near an area called hayek which is like a five-way intersection the restaurant is actually called kamu bangrak and bangrak is a district in bangkok the family's originally from there and kamu is stewed pig's leg like pig's trotter and they do have that but i'll say what i always just eat there are some of my favorite thai dishes they're pat kapow so like minced pork with basil and chili and they they do a, a like a prawn with garlic and pepper that kind of tastes a little KFC-ish in the seasonings. And I love like the baby corn with peas and mushrooms and oyster sauce. <laughs> and consistently, man, again, tables, metal tables, side to the sidewalk, incredible food. And Thai people that I've taken there are like, oh my, this is incredible. Like it is so bloody good. So look on right, our put map. that one on the map, man. Yeah. yeah, it's on the map. <laughs> and, and you can order any of the Thai foods and... It's the bomb. It is truly the bomb. And then the last one I'll throw in that I think I've mentioned on another episode is called Nakompatom, which is another province in Thailand. But this is right in Chiang Rai City, near the Night Bazaar. They're open from about 6 a.m. to like 1 in the afternoon. They do a few dishes. Most of them all center around red roasted pork. But the one I love is their bami mudang. Bami is a, a, a yellow egg noodle. And then they throw on some crispy pork, some red barbecued pork, and their broth. And man, anytime I've been in Chiang Rai, like for years, it was one of their iced coffees with one of those for breakfast. And sometimes even when I'd mountain bike, like I'd go there, have that meal, go for the mountain bike ride, come back 
and grab another one before they <laughs> close. Know. I'm not joking. Like it's it's that good. So that's kind of like very specific. What we probably have a good ten or so of my favorite places in Asia. I'm not even hungry, but man, I'm excited. I've been moving my arms in the air. Like <laughs> yeah. I didn't think I'd get this excited. Yeah, you know, there's and there's more that we could talk about. We should do this episode again. I was you know a little skeptical again. I was just like, I'm sure I could think of some random foods, but like, yeah, foods are inexplicably tied to your memories. I mean, just because of uh, you, you've had some good times there like you spent a lot of time in Chiang Rai so you know the places up mm. there and and I love a good bowl about me mudang and and I would love to you know make a little side trip next time I'm in Chiang Rai which uh, I have an offer to go and yeah do, and we didn't so. even like touch on Japan and I can think of now a couple yeah, of Japan. And I, like I, let's I, not Malaysia go there we got to wrap it up but yeah, like there's a lot so I think uh, we need a part two we need a part yeah. two okay well let's wrap it up for today yeah please sponsor us on Patreon again minimum a dollar a month and it goes upwards like we do this out of the love of podcasting and we'd love your financial support thank you so much for listening check the show notes we've got a google map with most of these places marked uh there'll probably be a few photos up there thank you very much for listening this is scott's coat saying over and out yeah trevor ranges thank you for listening and uh, thank you scott for meeting up with me again to have a nice talk it's always good to catch up over uh, some fond memories of good food i can't wait to be hungry tomorrow Thanks for joining us on Talk Travel Asia. We look forward to sharing with you again soon. Hey Scott, do you remember the time we walked on top of the wall in Portland?